Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the New England Small Business Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Wiley of 321 Media. And today we have a very exciting guest for you. Um, he is the production manager at Province Mortgage here in Rhode Island, Jeremy Von Flatern. Jeremy, how are you today? Great, Patrick. How are you? Thanks for having me. I'm, I'm doing excellent. Yeah, thanks for being here. Uh, maybe in you know a, a minute or two here, just give us an introduction. Who's Jeremy Von Flatern and, and what is Province Mortgage? Sure. Uh, yeah. So I am a loan originator, um, uh, basically, and I, own, I run a team here at Province Mortgage. Um, we help people buy and sell homes, refinance, whatever they need to do. Um, we like to be advisors and more uh, teachers kind of in our field. So uh, we would like to really make sure the people that we work with are informed and uh, we like to have out the community as best we can. So that's what we do. Fantastic. And uh, how long has Province been around? Province is just over 15 years old, um, and um, they've been around for a little while. It's a local lender, right? So uh, based out of East Providence, um, and, uh, and then I myself have been doing this for about 18 years now. So, 18 years in total. Wow. What, what got you into uh, to, to being a loan officer and, and, and all this fun stuff? Uh, just like any loan officer you talk to, probably if you're like, I didn't go to school to say it because I wanted to be a loan officer. Um, so, um, and I went to school for, um, uh, mathematics at a secondary education level is what I went to school for initially. Um, I minored in economics, so I was kind of always into finance, but, um, and I thought I wanted to teach, uh, education at a secondary level. I uh, went a different route. Um, initially when I got out of school, I was like, I'm not too sure. I mean, I love kids. I love teaching. I um, mean, you know, I just decided I didn't know if like that actual teaching in school was uh, for me. So um, I uh, ended up actually running restaurants for a little while, um, met my wife, um, and uh, we've been together for 21 years now and uh, together, together, not married, but together. Um, when we met, we were 22 and 23 and she's, uh, she ended up, she's a CPA. She ended up working for a title company. And um, that's kind of how I stumbled into the business. Uh, I was going to say, that's pretty convenient. <laughs> yeah. She said, uh, you know, she's like, Hey, this, uh, you know, there's this, this, people to this business and, and, and they, you know, you love this stuff and, and I think you do really well with it. And, um, and so that's how I ended up doing it. And, uh, it's, you know, I was working for a broker initially and way back in 2004 and here we are. Here we are today. Awesome. And, uh, so you're in the Northern part of the state. Um, are you servicing all of Rhode Island? Are you servicing Massachusetts as well? Or where are you licensed? Yes. So I, I lend in, um, Rhode Island, Mass, Connecticut, New Hampshire, and Florida. Um, and, uh, you know, I actually, the, the, the main office is in, is in the uh, Northern part of the state. My office is actually in Wakefield. Um, and I live in Charlestown. So, uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I have, I work with, um, you know, primarily our, our clients are, are, you know, B2B clients are going to are realtors. Um, that's typically who we work with a lot. Um, and so most of our realtors are in Rhode Island in general. Uh, I have a few in Connecticut that I work with regularly. Um, I have a few in uh, Massachusetts. Uh, we just hired our first loan officer down in Florida. So um, we're going to start a team down there. And um, and so uh, we'll have a lot of people down in Florida work with regularly too. So That's fantastic. So you, you really have have your hands uh, almost all over New England at this point and, and as far as Florida. Um, so those those homes and those, those loans that you're doing in New Hampshire and Florida, um, are you finding that those are a lot of your local clients here that are getting vacation homes and second homes or are these completely new clients altogether? Yeah, a little bit of both. I mean, I have, uh, I have a couple of, uh, 
realtors that in the northern part of Massachusetts that uh, it tends to spill over into New Hampshire. Um, so uh, so I work with some people there buying their first homes and, and so forth. But yeah, a lot of them are second home people, you know, especially Florida. Um, everybody in Florida is a transplant. <laughs> you know, like it's, uh, yeah. it's pretty funny that when I see a 401 number pop up on their phone, they don't like freak out because it's not local. Um, so because <laughs> nobody's local. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's no. pretty cool. Cool. And, you know, obviously, you know, the past couple of years have been interesting to say the least in, in the real estate market. Um, what is going on in the world of interest rates and, and home loans at, at this point that that might be interesting for, for the public to know? Yeah, it's actually uh, really interesting right now. But um, I think, you know, I think what's interesting, and I, I've had this conversation with people kind of to give, give some perspective in, in the business, you know, uh, back in 2004, you know, uh, interest rates were, you know, sixes, you know, which was, it's a normal market, really. It was prior to all this madness since 2008. And, uh, you know, but if you're buying a house, you know, now as a first time home buyer, um, and you were born in the, in the nineties, you, you have no idea what, uh, an interest rate above 4% looks like really, um, I, you know, so, uh, it's hard, you know, for people when people say, well, well why are the rates so high <laughs> compared to what <laughs> they were 14% yeah. in the eighties. Um, so, you know, I, I, you know, I just think that, um, I, right now what we're seeing with rates is, um, you know, they have to go up the economy, inflation's crazy. Everybody knows that, um, you know, and they rates technically have to go up in order to make the the inflation, you know, somewhat subside or come you know, get a little bit in control. Um, you know, the only problem with that is that, you know, income isn't going up. Uh, the, you know, the inflation curve uh, with income is just is is so far apart right now. Um, and then, you know, people are people haven't been able to work and people, you know, you know, so it's really hard to let interest rates go up, which they're doing right now. I do think there's going to re be a retraction. Um, I think there has to be, a, you know, somewhat. It doesn't always just jump all the way up and not come back a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, but I don't think that. Um, I think it's going. They're going to find that the economy can't support a higher interest rate right now. Right now, we're up. We got up to about four percent real fast. It was like a, it happened in five days, and that's never happened before. Um, right. So I don't think that the economy can support that. But we'll see what happens. I mean, who knows? If I had a crystal ball, I probably wouldn't be writing mortgages. So th this is interesting because, you know, you mentioned that, you know, back in the 80s, interest rates were were super high, 10 percent, north of 10 percent. You know, the values of the homes back then weren't like what we're seeing today. So right. what's the correlation there between value of home and current interest rates? Or is there a correlation? Oh, a huge one, actually. Um, so uh, interest rates. Um, as interest rates go up, people can't afford higher prices. So it slows down. The price right so it slows down the, the ability for the price to go up um so um or at least go up at the pace it's going up I, every, again the real the real driver here right now um is is just uh, supply and demand i mean you know it's just there's nothing on the market uh so the reason why prices are going up so crazy is because you know you're either going to pay a ridiculous rent right now because of inflation or you you know you're going to try and buy a house and then if you try to buy a house you know, you go and look at a property and, and there's, you know, 15 offers on a property that's been on the market for two days. And so you have to kind of overbid or whatever. And so that's kind of what's driving the prices up. Um, you know, I'd like to say, I hear a lot of people saying, well, it's just out of control. You know, it'll, there'll be a, a correction and there will be, there has to be, we have, we're so overdue for a correction. It's, it's crazy. Um, but, um, 
I, I just don't see the supply and demand fixing itself anytime soon. So I don't know how much of a correction. I mean, rates could slow it down for sure. Mm. Um, but, you know, if you go rent a single family house right now, you know, if you're looking for three bedrooms on a, on a rental, you're going to be paying two grand anyway. So, I mean, you know, you might as well buy a house. Um, and it's just, it's so insane. But so I don't know. I don't, I mean, I, it, but that's, the, that's the correlation, right? You know, between rates and prices. Sure. If, if rates go up, it does slow down the ability for people to pay more. So it makes mm -hmm. that kind of at least subside a little. But again, the supply and demand thing, I think, is what's going to keep driving it. Yeah. So let, let's talk about this correction here for a second. So, you know, obviously, you know, for those who are, are a little more seasoned, they they remember the early 2000s and everything that happened with mortgages there. Um, if we see this big correction, you know, so give you an example. I, I bought my house in 2015 at 190, right? Yep. I had it appraised and refinanced in 2021. It was appraised at 401. Now, I didn't take any money out. I, I didn't, you know, do a yeah. cash out refi, but what's going to happen? Are we going to see people running into trouble that have done a cash out refi um, when their value has been so high? And then here comes this correction. And then all of a the sudden they go from a $400,000 um, appraisal down to a, a 320 or, or whatever yeah. it is. I don't listen. I, you know, I hear that actually, I hear this uh, correlation quite a bit. You know, they talk about uh, what happened in 2008 and, um, and 2007, 8, and 9 or whatever. And, and you know, is that going to happen again or, or are we going to see something that drastic? Uh, you know, the reason why that happened um, is because uh, we, the lending industry, were a big part of the problem. And so the reason why um, there was such a correction is because lending stopped, you know, so... Um, and the real estate market, you know, for better or for worse, is what drives the economy entirely. I mean, if you, if no matter how you look at it, the amount of money and interest rates that are driven by our our world, um, you know, and and the amount of money that gets pumped into the uh, the economy from our world, it, you know, it really does. I mean, as you saw in two thousand eight, you know, we stopped, so the world stopped. Um, mm -hmm. And so, um, and I don't. The thing, thing is, now we're not the problem. So. Um, you know, our lending has never been uh, safer, never been more, um, you know, even though there, there are some products coming out that are aggressive, similar to what happened before, it's not anywhere near that. I mean, it's very regulated. It's, you know, and so it's to help people who have who are investors or who have, you know, are self-employed and stuff. So which is what that stuff was for originally and just got crazy. So I think that I don't think we're going to see the correction that we saw for sure. Even foreclosures have started happening, right? They were they were on hold for two years. Mm -hmm. Every every year you have three you have three to five million foreclosures that happen just because, right? I mean, people pass away, whatever happens, right? Things happen, and um, so you couldn't do those at all. So you have six to ten million foreclosures just sitting there waiting to happen, right? Um, that's a lot. <laughs> so if you go back to two thousand eight, um, foreclosures were right around that number. It's like ten million or so. And so, but so I was like, oh my God, well, that's going to be the same thing's going to happen. Well, no, because lending's still going to be happening. So um, that's what really blew the economy up. It wasn't the, it wasn't, and that's what caused even more of a quote unquote correction. It was really, um, you know, it wasn't a correction. It was just the the world imploded. So nobody can right. do anything. And that's why, that's why it went down so much. I think they're going to go down. Yes. Do I think it's going to go down a lot? No, I just don't. I think you see three more years of appreciation before you actually see any kind of, leveling out or even decline because no kidding um, yeah i just i mean i don't talk about politics and business i just talk about politics how it affects my business and mm -hmm. i do think that um you know with when elections are looming and it's a very and they're very important um 
the, the status quo for whoever's in office is typically to keep interest rates low or, or, or drive them down a little bit so that they keep money flowing and keep think everybody happy. So, um, you know, because then, then, you know, everything's great and they have a better chance of getting reelected or getting sure. their people in or whatever, you know. So that's I do think that that's going to happen. Um, I mean, I, I'm not saying that they'll go down, they'll stay down at two percent. I just think that, you know, I think mid threes to around four is going to be the average for a while and it may be a little lower, but I mean, it's going to be in that world. Um, so that should keep things going. I think it's going to keep the, uh, for, unfortunately, keep the appreciation wheel going. Um, I think the foreclosure should help a little. I just don't think it's going to really make a dent in the, in the, um, in the demand. Sure. Um, now let's, you mentioned small business owners. So this, this is the small business podcast. So we, we have a decent amount of small business owners who listen in, um, and I remember as a self-employed person myself, it was, there was a lot of red tape that I had to, you know, cross to, to get my, my first mortgage. Right. Yeah. So it's, you know, you don't have a W2, um, you, you know, you work for yourself. So what is it about being self-employed that makes it that much more difficult, not difficult to get a, a loan, but you know, there's so much extra paperwork involved. There's so many things that you have to do mm. as opposed to just having a simple W2. What, what is it, you know, on the lending aspect that requires that? Um, and I guess what advice could you give to that first time home buyer who's a small business owner? Yeah, it's, you know, it's a tricky world for sure. And, and I think really what I tell people is, um, you know, get with somebody like myself or a law officer that, you know, and and kind of and try to prep if you do want to do something so that you can see what you're doing and how it affects your business going forward. And maybe there's other ways to do things. The reality is, OK, so as a as a lender, as a law officer, we are uh, challenged with uh, providing um, documentation to show the probability of um, of continuance of income. And so as a self-employed individual, as you know, um, you know, things can change on a dime. You know, it's not like, not to say that it can't as a W2 employee, of course, you get fired tomorrow. But um, the reality is, you know, if you're, if you're hired by a company, the, it's easy for us to um, consider the probability of continuance of income because, you know, we can ask the employer and say, are they still going to stay employed? And say, yep. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, there's really no, nothing else we could really do there. We can't ask the employer for their tax return to see if they're going under. So, um, so, you know, we have to, so that's really what we're challenged with. So again, what we, in order to prove self-employed income, we have to look back a couple of years at, at previous year's tax returns. And that's the best way to do it, is to take an average. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, you know, as far as, you know, when you did it in 2015, right. Um, lending was still very tight. It wasn't mm -hmm. super tight, but it was very tight. And, um, and so, that made it much more difficult, I'm sure. Even right now, uh, or last year when you refinanced, um, there was some COVID, COVID overlays um, to, to income and how you had to do it. And that, that was because obviously people were not working. So, um, you know, for a long time. And so, you know, they were, they had, they wanted to see bank statements for a couple of months to show that, you know, you were currently, you know, even if let's say there was a delay, you're currently going, you know, moving at the pace you were at before. So they could kind of ignore the previous uh, income because of COVID. So I, you know, it's, it's, um, there's a lot of, ins and outs of it. The reality mm -hmm. is, again, it's it's the proof of continuous income that we're challenged with doing. And it's it's um, a finable offense, a pretty heavy one um, on our end. So um, when auditors come in, so we really have to make sure we dot all the I's and cross all the T's. If you're working with a loan officer who is seasoned, who really knows what they're doing, it's not 
as difficult as um, it, it is presented or it could be, um, you know, and that's not to knock on, uh, if you're younger, you don't have the experience, you don't fully understand it, but, and that's okay. You know, hopefully they have some managers that some people that can help them. Um, but, you know, that's just, I think you just, you try to align yourself with somebody. If it's something you're preparing to do or you want to do, or you think mm -hmm. you want to do, um, get with somebody early so you can just, you can be prepped as to what is going to be needed and you know are you going to be ready because obviously we're already going to have a year or two of tax returns in our back pocket that we can look at and then we can go from there sure now i think that's great advice um you know especially as a small business owner you know many of us like to plan ahead and you know be prepared for all of the unknowns that might come up in, in various different industries. So I, I think it's wise to align yourself um, with a partner um, in the mortgage industry who can give you that roadmap, so to speak, yep. um, because it's not always cut and dry uh, when, when you're in this world. So, uh, you know. Yeah, it's, it's understandable. I feel, honestly, I have some other feelings about why it's calculated, the way income's calculated for self-employed people. You know, I feel like, you know, um, we all have cars and we're going to write our cars off. Mm -hmm. And if we could, I would. Um, so, and I don't feel like, you know, I have to drive my car to work. So I don't understand why somebody like yourself who's self-employed who puts writes their car off because they can and don't have to pay taxes on the money. It's great. Um, why does that penalize you? I, you know, there's things like that. I don't know why um, certain things are, are held against people where the normal person has that too. So, um, sure. and so, I mean, if you, you're going to have to write off your insurance, you know, and, uh, and things like that as a, a health insurance and stuff like that, like you can do that. Um, but I have health insurance and that's taken out of my paycheck, but I don't get penalized for that. You know what I mean? So things like that bother me a little bit. Yeah. How self-employed people get qualified. Um, but I mean, I don't, unfortunately I don't write the rules. I just gotta. Right. That, that, that's a whole nother wormhole that we, we could go down maybe off camera at, at a later <laughs> date for sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but so true. Uh, so I guess, you know, besides those who are self-employed um, just for, for the average Joe out there, W2, you know, are, are there certain, uh, lending programs out there now any anything that's being offered uh maybe in the state of rhode island and the surrounding area um for products that that the general public may not know about um you know again COVID's kind of put a lot of hold on a lot of stuff but we, i mean rhode island housing obviously is is one of the greatest ones used by most first-time homebuyers locally um there are there are tax advantages there's um there are some uh, programs you can get through housing even if you're not writing alone with them there are some um there are some uh, what they call MCC tax credits, so you can actually get a credit to your tax return, help you out, It'll get you a little bit bigger return when you, um, you know, when you're um, filing your tax return. Um, mm -hmm. They give you a certain percentage of the interest you pay every year to, uh, as a write-off, um, or as a, I'm sorry, as, as a credit on your tax return. So it actually mm -hmm. is money directly to you. Um, so that's kind of cool. Um, and so there are some programs out there. Um, I, they change very often. So um, you know, I think for first-time homebuyers, there's lots of great stuff. Um, but you know, uh, for the average person who's really trying to refinance things like that, I mean, there are some new programs that are out. Um, it's more to help, um, you know, people who, uh, lower income, stuff like that, you know, um, get, get into, you take advantage of some, some of these things, some of these programs that are out there now and rates that are out there. Um, but you know, in general, I mean, there's, there's numerous programs, you know, so, sure. um, there's some non QM stuff, which, uh, you know, if people want to invest in property, um, you know, you could buy a house in, and as long as the property cash flows, they don't even verify any other income. So that's kind of cool. Um, so there's some, there's some pretty neat stuff out there, but you know, in general, if you're just looking to buy a house. Um, like I said, you know, I just, you know, I'd get prepped with, cause everybody's different. You know, every program is, you know, I tell people your mortgage is like your fingerprint. I mean, you know, you may be, you may do exactly the same thing as your friend, but that doesn't mean that your situation is exactly the same. So, 
Um, sure. So yeah, as soon as you get the quicker you talk to somebody, the more you're ready to go when you when you actually think you are. And, and what, what should these folks be planning on for down payments nowadays? I know that there's been FHA programs in the past with like three and a half percent down, whatever it is. Um, but there's always, you know, I guess if you don't put down 20 percent, you're going to be obligated for some private mortgage insurance, which is going to increase your your monthly payment and things like that. So what 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 should folks be prepared to spend on a down payment? Um, and, and really, what, what should they be looking to to have? savings wise, uh, to be able to afford a house without feeling the angst and anxiety of making that mortgage payment. Yeah. I mean, I, I always tell people it's great to have a nest egg. So if people are going to come to me and say, well, I'm a first time home buyer, but I've got, I've got like $10,000 put down, um, something along that line, 5,000, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm like, you know what we can show, I can show you programs, putting that money down. Conventional programs require 3%, uh, FHA requires three and a half. Um, you know, and again, depending on your credit score and your particular situation, you may go one way or the other. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, and all, you know, I also real quick on PMI, but I tell people is like, you know, PMI is actually the acronym that's attached to so FHA, VA, USDA, it's whatever their version of PMI is. Sure. Anyway, Freddie Mac. So all, it's going to be their version of PMI. The loans themselves are all the same. They're just mortgages, you know, it's X number of dollars over X number of months, calculate X percent interest and that's your payment. Right. Mm -hmm. So um, pretty simple. But um, anyway, so um, I think, you know, it's better to keep the money in your pocket, um, but, you know, in case you, you know, you will get in and a, and a hot water heater goes or, mm -hmm. uh, you know, you know, you figure out you got to do some little work in the house or maybe you want to buy furniture for the property. You know what I mean? So there's, there's things that, you know, I tell people to hang on to the money for, because I do think that you should have something in the bank mm -hmm. after you close just to be safe. Um, Cause you now own the house. So you're not calling the landlord to fix the paint or fix this or fix that, you know, railing gets, you know, falls off or rolls over, you know, we got a few, got to fix it yourself. So, um, and there's, there's inspections during the process and so forth that hopefully can help you with some of that stuff. Mm. But I mean, you're buying a house, uh, even if you bought a brand new house, inspections are still 25 pages long with lots of stuff wrong. So, um, sure. you know, there's there's there's, there's always something. So, um, you know, I just I do hope people keep money in their pockets. But if you're looking for down payment for, uh, from that perspective, again, housing allows you to put zero zero percent down. There is no income restriction to that. Um, mm -hmm. So you can, you know, you can make 150, 200 thousand dollars a year and still put zero percent down if you want. Um, so there again, it's just different for everybody. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, they're sometimes rates are a little higher with different programs than they are with the others. So you got to look at everything. Sure. Um, but yeah. So three, somewhere between three to three and a half percent, if you want to just get into a conventional or FHA loan. Mm -hmm. um, and if you want to put nothing down, you can do that too. And, and depending, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, depending on the market at the time, it, what values are, they could always refinance out of whatever that PMI is. Correct. Yeah. We just be careful about saying that. I mean, cause you know, yes, you could, I mean, mm -hmm. But again, if we have a correction, then it's not going to make a difference. No, yeah. <laughs> um, so I don't want people to count on that. You know, um, sure. it's, it, we've got to be very careful, especially in our industry. They, they don't want us telling people they can do that. That they can. You know, there's a possibility. Mm -hmm. but don't count on it. You know, worst case scenario, you're in the scenario, situation you're in for 30 years. So be ready for that. Um, that that's it. Yeah. Um, Oh man, all, all great advice. Uh, I, I guess before we get going here, if if there's one piece of wisdom that you can impart on uh, home buyers in this current climate, what would that be? Um, I feel like just get informed, you know, be informed because it's, there's, there's just so much out there. And, um, you know, I, myself, if I'm talking to someone and I think, listen, you know what, 
this bank has this program and I just really think you should go to them. I'll, I'll, I'll refer you to somebody over there because I've known, so I know pretty much know everybody in the business. I just think that, you know, that's, that's, that's what it is. Be informed. No, like take your time. Everybody get, wants to rush into it. And I have no issues with that. Some people don't want to know. Um, I get a little bothered by that, but if you're going to borrow $300,000, you might want to know why you're doing it. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but, uh, but in general, I think that's just it. Take your time, be informed, know what you're doing. Um, so that way, when you're ready, you're ready. Because in this market, I mean, you know, homes aren't, aren't homes aren't on the market for more than I think three or four days at this point. So that's wild. Um, you know, so it is, it's so crazy. Um, but you know, it's you know, but that's it. And they have 15 offers on them, right? So you mm-hmm. have to be ready to pull the trigger, and you don't want to be rushed into something not really knowing what you're doing. So. No, I think that's great. And is there anything that that you guys at Province Mortgage are doing to to educate the community and and to to give them that knowledge prior to? Yeah, I mean, we we uh, so um, our pre-approval process is pretty in depth. Um, but outside of that, yeah, we do classes. Um, we do I do online things with different people, and um, I, I I did one with uh, the uh, Providence Board of Realtors, which lives on their website um, with them. And um, so there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of information for that. We do a lot of that stuff. So um, you can always just you know jump on our websites or, or, or our Facebook page and stuff like that and see when we're doing the next one. We do some virtual. We do some live um, in person. So um, you know, obviously more virtual lately. But um, but yeah. So uh, whatever you know, you know, if, if I would just you know that we do a lot of that stuff. So if you ever want to do it, just jump on. Um, go on to Rhode Island Housing, uh, Rhode Island Housing's website. They have mm-hmm. online classes. They have um, all sorts of fun stuff there too. So, um, and if you ever want, like I said, obviously you can just reach out to us. So I'm happy to direct you in any direction. Fantastic. And, and where can they they find you guys? I know on Facebook, but what, what are the what are the handles on Facebook and social media? The website. Yeah. We're gonna put it all in the link in the description as well. But <laughs> let everybody know. Yeah, so um, it's Team Von Flatern pretty much everywhere. So um, it's just you know if you look up Team Von Flatern, uh, my name's fairly unique. So you're not going to find a whole lot more of those, but, uh, um, but yeah, so, you know, if you look up team Von Flader anywhere, you see our logo anywhere, you know, that's uh, whatever it is there, you know? So um, yeah, if you see that, you know, that's obviously, um, you know, it's, it, that's, you know, it's pretty simple. You'll find us. Um, but Instagram, uh, Facebook, uh, we do some fun TikToks, which we shared with the other two. So you'll enjoy that. That's nice. uh, our comedy marketing. So. Oh, it's perfect. Well, Jeremy, I want to thank you so much for uh, stepping in for a few minutes here with us on the small uh, New England Small Business Podcast. It's been super informative and educational. I think our listeners will will agree with that as well. Um, so maybe we'll be able to check in with you later in the year and see what the market's doing at that point. Yeah, I mean, I can guarantee you it'll be different. <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah. Everything changes yeah. by the minute. Thank you absolutely, so much, Patrick. Absolutely. Thank you, Jeremy. We'll talk to you soon. Well, there you have it, folks. That's Jeremy Von Flatern uh, from Team Von Flatern at Province Mortgage here in Rhode Island. He's lending in Rhode Island, Mass, Connecticut, New Hampshire, Florida. Man, just a wealth of knowledge. So if you have any questions about the home lending process, he's definitely your guy to talk to. You can visit his links in the description of this video. And want to thank you so much for checking out another episode of the New England Small Business Podcast. Once again, I'm Patrick Wiley of 321 Media. And until next time.